Hi, I'm Janine Knudsen. And I'm Steve Liu. Welcome to our new podcast, Mind the Gap. This is a show where we explore why we do the things we do. Things like repleting lights to four, or putting that blood gas on ice. Hopefully we can help confirm, or do away with, all these habits that we take for granted day to day. The general plan is here, we're going to explore a theme. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the guideline recommendation to perform a diagnostic paracentesis for cirrhotics on admission. Our goal here is to explore, number one, what do the guidelines say and why? And number two, can you just use your clinical judgment to decide if paracentesis is warranted? And finally, number three, if you're going to do a TAP, do you need to do it right away? Right, so some of this is just going to be basic management skills. And while you probably did learn all of this on rounds, sometimes the whys and the wherefores are kind of passed on like folklore rather than citation. Exactly. But the point is that while we often know what to do on those busy call days, there's no time to explore why. So as an FYI, feel free to follow along with us on the trials link below. This is our chance to dig a little deeper. Yeah, like Inception. (laughs) No, not at all like Inception. It's exactly like Inception. We must go deeper into the dream. (laughs) (laughs) You're listening to Mind the Gap. I'm Janine Knudsen. And I'm Steve Liu. Today we're talking about abdominal paracentesis. We'd like to thank Dr. Renee Williams, gastroenterologist at NYU, for peer reviewing this episode. This is a Core IM podcast supported by Clinical Correlations. So I remember when I was a resident, we learned from the GI fellows, any person with cirrhosis coming to the hospital with ascites needs a diagnostic tap to rule out SPP on arrival. So sure, if you check with the AASLD, that's the American Association for the Study of Liver Diseases, that's exactly what they recommend. Here's their statement. Patients with ascites admitted to the hospital should undergo abdominal paracentesis. That's a class 1, level B recommendation. Yeah, that's a pretty strong recommendation. So that's probably why we do what we do, because the liver people said so. No, no, no. Hold your horses. So sure, class 1 means that the AASLD's expert committee felt that the procedure was useful. Okay. But a level B recommendation means that they base their decision on data from a single randomized trial or from non-randomized studies. Level A, on the other hand, would require multiple RCTs or meta-analyses. I feel hoodwinked, Janine. <laughs> I know. So level B is just a trial? It doesn't even sound like a good trial. Non-randomized <laughs> studies. What's level C? A concerned citizen's letter? <laughs> no, it's consensus expert opinion. Like a bunch of smart GI folks agreeing on a recommendation. <laughs> right. I- I guess. Uh, Can we do better? Well, I did say they were smart GI doctors, and for what it's worth, sitting in a room full of them and getting a consensus, probably really hard. All right. I'm being too rough on them, I know. But here, at least we got some trial data to go through, right? Right. Okay. Let's start with the references that they give us. So first, they tried to answer the question, can we just use our clinical judgment to diagnose SVP and skip the invasive procedure altogether? So here, they're looking at a trial published by the Annals of Emergency Medicine, in 2008, and the title pretty much says it all. Physician clinical impression does not rule out SPP in patients undergoing ED paracentesis. Well, darn. Right. So that was a prospective observational trial with 144 patients and 285 physician assessments. And it found that physician clinical impression had a sensitivity of only 76%, and the specificity was even lower at 34%. Ouch. That's really low. Yeah. 
Well, fortunately, more experienced attendings like me probably do better. Uh-huh. Right? Am not, I right? Not quite. No? So they noted that faculty tended to be more sensitive than residents, but it was not statistically significant. Kind <laughs> of makes you wonder why you ever listened to me, huh? Yeah, I know. That's not the only reason. Oh. No, just kidding. Jeez. So the, the study <laughs> only had 17 cases of SVP. And in six of those cases, the physicians were wrong. They thought there was little to no risk for SVP. And half of those patients died. So they were actually really sick. So there are some at least clear limitations to this study, right? You just mentioned there are only 17 folks that actually had SVP. This is a small trial. Uh, Second, you only get into the trial if they thought you needed a TAP. So that made for a pretty big selection bias. As a result, the sensitivity of our clinical judgment might be even lower than estimated. Well, here's another study. This one was done in Italy in the early 1980s. And it estimated that of patients who receive a TAP on admission, a full one-third of them who met criteria for SVP had no clinical features of peritonitis at all. Okay, this is from 1983, and so it predates modern medical management of SVP. But still, the in-hospital mortality of patients diagnosed with SVP was nearly 50% at that time. One thing we don't want you to necessarily take away is that asymptomatic SVP is crazy common. Uh, The study we referred to, only 1 in 25 SVP cases were actually silent. Okay, that's true, but it is a replicated finding. In other trials of all-comer cirrhotics, 10 to 30% get diagnosed with SVP in the hospital. And of that group, anywhere between 16 to 50% of presentations were asymptomatic. Okay, so to summarize, SVP may exist as a clear clinical syndrome, but it may not always be so dramatic in its presentation. So to quote the guidelines from the EASL, that's the European Association for the Study of the Liver, they note that a diagnostic paracentesis should be carried out in all patients with cirrhosis and ascites at hospital admission to roll out SVP. And unlike their American colleagues, they give this a level A1 recommendation. <laughs> Wait a minute. What are these scales? What is that steak sauce scale? <laughs> what, what, can, can, Janine, translate the European for us, please. European, really, Steve? You're an Austrian, so... Okay, yeah, fine. European. Okay, fine. <laughs> so to translate from the European, they rate this to be high-quality evidence with a strong recommendation in which, quote, further research is very unlikely to change our confidence in the estimate of effect. I- Just a quick word from our sponsor. We all want to eat healthier, but let's be honest, between our busy schedule and the endless prep and cleanup, it feels kind of out of our reach. You know, we often are aiming for better nutrition, but end up compromising for quick fixes that are anything but healthy. Now, imagine a different scenario. Picture a day where you're coming home to gourmet, nutritious meals that are ready in just two minutes. With Factors, that is possible. Factors delivers delicious, chef-crafted, dietitian-approved meals right to your door ready to heat in just two minutes, giving you over 35 weekly options to choose from, from calorie smart to protein plus to keto. And don't forget, they have 60 plus add-ons for an extra boost from breakfast to midday bites. So you're not spending all your time and money in the hospital cafeteria. So no prep, no mess, just real mouthwatering meals tailored to fit your schedule and dietary needs. With fact, you're not just saving time, but you're elevating your meal game without the hassle of cooking. Head to factormeals.com slash coriam50. Use the code coriam50 to get 50% off. That's the code coriam50 at factormeals.com slash coriam50. You know what's kind of funny? Uh, All these guidelines, they say that these presumably benefits the patient, but they never really exactly say how. Well, let's try to answer that question ourselves. We have a few more studies in our fingertips. Here's one that tries to answer the question, does performing a paracentesis actually improve mortality? 
Okay, so that's something tangible. And this is a large retrospective trial from Indiana that looked at over 17,000 patients in a database. And 61% of these folks underwent paracentesis with two-thirds of the taps occurring on the first day of admission. In-hospital mortality was reduced by 2.4% among patients who underwent paracentesis versus those that did not. And so they tried to piggyback this with saying that early paras were better, but they didn't show it to be statistically significant. So do we really need to rush to do a para as soon as the patient hits the hospital? It's an interesting consideration. Unfortunately, there was a GI doctor who decided that it needed to be studied. Nice. Good job, random GI doc. No, no, really. There's a study that's very originally titled... Delayed paracentesis is associated with increased in-hospital mortality in patients with SBP. Great title. I know. (laughs) And they found that it actually does matter. So here they compare early. Within 12 hours. Versus late. Between 12 and 72 hours. Paracentesis. And what they found was that delayed paracentesis has a 2.7-fold increased risk of mortality. Whoa. This corresponded to an increase in mortality of 3.3% for every hour delayed. Mic drop. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> so let's sum up here. So we reviewed what the recommendations are. Tap your cirrhotics. And whether or not we can just ignore those recommendations. Not really, because frankly, we're just not that great clinically in telling who does and doesn't have SBP. And lastly, does delaying paracentesis really matter? It does if you want to make sure your patients don't die. All right, so pretty straightforward, I guess. So I know we went quickly through the data. And arguably not as in-depth as some might like. So we want to encourage you all to check out the data, too. Take a look at the links below the podcast on the Clinical Correlations website so you can take the time to judge the data for yourself. And sound smart on rounds. Super smart. Super smart. After all, this is a podcast talking about the gaps of our knowledge because you only heard it that one time. So if you really want to feel confident on the data, take the time to pick it apart yourself. And if there are any other topics you'd like to hear us discuss, please let us know. I'm Steve Liu. And I'm Janine Knudsen. And remember, mind the gap. Thanks for listening. Opinions in this podcast are our own and do not represent the opinions of NYU or other affiliated institutions. Please don't use this podcast for medical advice, but instead consult with your healthcare provider. Disclaimer. (laughs) Dangerous. Dangerous. Please, please talk and consult with your healthcare provider. Your primary care doctor. Or your gastroenterologist, (laughs) because we're in New York City. Yes. (laughs) Let's do that one in a way more politically correct way. Who the hell has albumin at home? They're just going to, I'm just self-admitting. Don't drink your own albumin. (laughs) Guys, guys, when you're at home as outpatient people, try not to tap yourself. Don't put a needle in your belly. Right? It's like, come if on. If you do, skip the epigastric vein. And if you do, good for you, because frankly, we need to tap more people. Steve, if we talk with this much excitement for the whole podcast, it would be awesome. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, 
Visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. 